Welcome to the archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Concepts of reality is the topic of this edition of Radio Curious. Those concepts have many levels, some of which are gained by fasting and or the use of certain plants that allow a person to view the past, present, and the future. This is especially true for cultures which cherish and practice the oral tradition and thrive among an abundance of flora and fauna like those located in the Amazon basin of South America. Dr. Juan Martinez, our guest in this archive edition of Radio Curious, is a professor of history and anthropology at the University of Cuenca in Cuenca, Ecuador. He studied, written, and lectured about shamanic practices in the Ecuadorian jungle and the medicinal and spiritual effects of the plants native to the eastern portion of the Amazon basin. Professor Martinez and I visited in his office in Cuenca, Ecuador on November 17, 2005. He began our conversation by describing the relationship of the people of the Ecuadorian jungle to their worlds, the spiritual world and the world in which they live on a daily basis. The jungle is a very complex world and uh, the people in the jungle has uh, adopted several ways of confronting this complex world through especially this kind of relationship with uh, the spiritual world. I think that it's very important to understand that for the people in, this, in the jungle the world as we know is not the real world. They understand that the real world can be achieved only through the, a passage that leads to the other side of the world where spirits are uh, inhabiting the trees, the animals, the stones, the rivers. Before we go or cross over in our story today to the other side, how would they describe the world that we believe is the real world and that perhaps is the world in which they live on a daily basis? gathering food, living in their home, maintaining a family? Well, I think that for us it's, it's uh, easy to differentiate both worlds. I think that for them they cannot differentiate easily those two worlds. I think so, because they live in a world that they have to, to, to maintain daily activities, a relationship with other people that doesn't belong to the same tribe, to many, many kinds of, of different activities. But their, their life is directly related with the other side of the world. So I think that for us, this possibility of understanding two worlds that are different is easy. But I think that for them, they find reality at the other side. They, they maintain relationships in this side, but this side is something where they do not find the, the real sense of living. I think that it's a, a very important thing. So tell us about the transference to the other side. It's, it's a very interesting thing because it's important to say that in uh, the tropical zones in South America and in, even in other regions in South America, this kind of, uh, of uh, this possibility of going to other world has been present for thousands of years. So it's not something that they have invented just uh, a few years ago, but they receive 
as a heritage from the, the people that have lived in, in ancient times. Generally passed along through the oral tradition. Yes, all the time through the oral tradition. Because in, in South America there were, were no people with literate uh, tradition all the time with this kind of oral tradition. But through a, a specialized relationship between the, the, the people that has the knowledge and the people that wants to, to, to learn the, the apprenticeship, that wants to learn the, these, these techniques. What are some of the techniques? Well, it's very important to understand that in South America, the techniques of going to the other side, as we are calling, going through this, this door, is uh, usually related with the ingestion of uh, some kind of drugs. The botanical studies have shown that in the new world, Neotropica, the possibility of, of finding this kind of, of uh, stimulants is much is larger than in any other part in the world. So these kind of, of stimulants have become a very important part of, of uh, culture during centuries. This time, people in South America still use uh, several, uh, as we call them, drugs, uh, uh, including the, the so-called in Ecuador ayahuasca, natem or yaje, and others. I think that for Ecuador this is the most important uh, stimulant they use and it's widely used in uh, uh, this kind of transformation to go into other worlds. Can you describe for us ayahuasca and ajen, uh, what they are, uh, if they have a, a botanical name or a chemical name that's mm -hmm. been uh, delivered to outside, outside Ecuador? The, the first time that uh, ayahuasca was known for the botanical world in Europe is a, a collection that was made at the beginning of the 19th century. Uh, recent uh, research about these botanical uh, um, uh, things that were taken to, to England show that the, the plant is still uh, active with its uh, botanical principles. In, uh, during several years, however, this, this plant was a mysterious plant. What we knew is that the, the name ayahuasca meant the rope of the death, or the the, 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 the way the live people can go to the world of the of the death people, the the botanical name of this uh, of this plant is Banisteropsis capi, and it's a rope. Huh? Uh, it's very important to understand also that uh, usually in, in uh, uh, Western uh, botanic uh, plants are more or less the same if the main features are present. But for Indians in the, in the Amazon basin, they uh, differentiate the plants with different names even and with different properties. If the plant is located in the shadow or in the sun, if it's close to the top of a tree or it's uh, low in the, in, the, in the earth, if it's a, a, a new plant or an old plant. So it makes a little bit difficult to understand exactly which is the plant that's uh, really used or the part or the state of the plant that's used. When the plants grow in a different part of the tree or in the sun or in the shade, do the people of the selva, of the jungle, believe the plants have different properties in relationship to transferring over to the other side in a spiritual way? In a certain way, yes. Yes, and I think that, of course, if we look at only from a, from a scientific point of view, the different stage of plants 
can have a different presence of uh, uh, active components. But the people in the jungle, yes, indeed, they differentiate even if the, the, if the color of the plant is a little bit different than the other, they can say this is used for this thing and the other for another different thing. So when they go to the other side, what is your understanding of what happens? Well, it's a, a very interesting thing because uh, when they are make this transfer to other world, they are still in this one, but they they share their body in two different uh, stages. It's uh, I think that's very interesting because you can see the people speaking with you. The the the, the, the practitioner is uh, able to maintain a conversation with the people that is at this side, but at the same time. Anything that they do, everything they do, or they behave, they sing, they, they move, also has an effect over the other world. So it's it's different for difficult for us to understand this possibility of a people uh, acting, a person acting in two different ways at the same time. But it's the way it it, it it happens. They do something here that can be related with us at this side by the things they do can also have an effect at the other side at the same time. For example. When they sing, we hear the songs. Perhaps we do not understand what they are telling, but the spirit that hears these songs is affected by the, the meaning or the power of the words. Because words in the songs especially are very, very strong in, in their effect over spiritual beings. What are some of the areas of life that are addressed either in the words or in the songs on the transference to the other state of being? I think that there are some things that are really uh, the, the most important. One of all is, uh, is health, is uh, how to, to relate with disease, uh, how to handle the problems uh, with health that can arise with a person. But in other circumstances, these visions, uh, uh, these uh, transfer to the other world are used also to prevent things to come or to understand things that happened in the past. When you say prevent things to come, you mean something um, to avoid a, a difficulty in the future? Yes, in a certain way. They can know what's going to happen. They can move to another place. They can uh, find a person that's uh, perhaps uh, willing to make uh, a harm to somebody so they can act in uh, previously, not, uh, uh, not expecting the, 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 the thing to come, but uh, uh, preventing it to happen. How do they get there? How do they get to the other side? Well, they, first of all, they have to, to prepare these, uh, these beverages, usually if we are speaking about ayahuasca, and they have to prepare their body also. Uh, the the, the Uishin or shaman, in the case of the Shuar Indians in, in South America, in Ecuador, he has to, to, to fast during several days to have to prepare uh, his body to be uh, ready to receive the effect of the of the uh, of the beverage. When they drink this, they immediately uh, feel very strong effects over their body because uh, those are not pleasant effects. Those are very hard. They they feel pain. They can uh, throw out 
they they uh, feel the dizzy with this beverage, but immediately they start to 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 feel the the effects of uh, this transfer. They start singing, they start they start dancing and making uh, sounds. So the the effect of this ecstasy is completed. And then when they're transferred, is that when they meet with the person that they uh, are there to assist? They meet uh, the the spirit of the person. The the body of the person is, is at this side, we can say. But the spirit is at the other side. So they meet the spirit. Is the body nearby, physically? Or could it be at a distance or in both circumstances? Uh, no, the, the body has to be close. Uh, because uh, I think that the body is a certain way to find the soul. But usually they act over the body. In this way, I, I, I was telling acting here and there, they act over the body, they are acting over the soul. In this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Juan Martinez in his office in Cuenca, Ecuador. Juan Martinez is a professor of history and anthropology at the University of Cuenca in Cuenca, Ecuador. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Juan Martinez, what is the extent of the knowledge of the people who live in the jungle, of the pharmaceutical capabilities of the plants and animals that are in their world. When the first uh, researchers arrived to the jungle, they thought that the, 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 this magical practitioner was a sort of great liar. So they didn't take it seriously. They, the shaman. Yeah, the was, shaman. Was yes, we are speaking about this wishing. It's just a liar for, men, for the, the original researchers. So they didn't understand the deep relationship this practitioner had, had with the, the knowledge of the jungle. When did these, the first researchers have the opportunity to explore the, this knowledge in the Ecuadorian jungle? As long as we know, the first time a Westerner was uh, was able to to try ayahuasca with the indians in the jungle was in uh, the end of the 19th century there's a report of a man from ecuador villavicencio that was one of the first explorers of the jungle and the first man to uh, for the first ecuadorian to make an entire map of the country he he describes his experience with the Indians in the jungle and his experience taking ayahuasca. So he describes himself as a Westerner, yes. even though he's Ecuadorian, yes. and then he goes. Yeah. What, what did he say? Well, the the effect for his for him was uh, amazingly very uh, uh, close to the effect the Indians themselves described. So it's a, a very curious thing because. Uh, uh, you, th you can think that uh, the effects depend, and it's in a certain way this, this way, on your cultural background. But what you see and what you feel is exactly for you than for other people. So he, he told, he wrote that he felt uh, spiders going over his body. He, he felt that he was devoured by a, a snake. And he, uh, when he compared his experience with the experience of the people, the Indians that were surrounding, they said, oh, you felt exactly what we did. He, he felt he was eaten by a eaten, snake? Eaten by a snake, yes, yes, eaten by a snake. Yeah. So where did, this, the, where did this information go, beginning in the, the 1890s, uh -huh. just before the beginning of the 20th century? What has evolved? Um, both within the life of the uh, Ecuadorian jungle 
and in Ecuador and to the countries beyond and outside of Ecuador. From these uh, first relations with the people in the jungle, things started to change very fast because the jungle uh, then was a, a place for especially priests trying to, to find new, new places to teach uh, Catholic religion. So uh, the first relationships were this sort of anthropological view but then religion was a very important part. During the, the first half of the uh, 20th century, most of the people related with the Indians were priests, Catholic priests, especially of the uh, Salesianos that were very important in, in Ecuador. From the 1960s, the, the interest about this uh, was present again. And there was a, a, a very important project that was the, the uh, Instituto Linguístico de Verano, the Linguistic Summer Institute, that was related with some uh, churches in the United States. They, I don't know exactly why, started making research everywhere in the Amazon Basin and the tropical zones in South America. Weren't they the ones who were trying to translate uh, the Christian Bible into the language of the local people? I'm not sure. I think that this, the, that it's uh, certainly a, a, a new project, is in a certain way related with that those old, old project. But as an example, in Ecuador, this uh, in, uh, Summer Linguistics Institute was not uh, able to develop its work uh, from the 1970s. It was uh, prohibited by the Ecuadorian government. So they had to leave? Yes, they had to leave. But then, it's very important, in the 1970s there's something very, very strange. You remember that in the United States uh, the influence of uh, uh, products like uh, LSD, LSD over the, the academic culture in the United States was very strong from Timothy Leary and all those things. Many anthropologists started to, to take serious the possibility of researching this kind of visions induced by uh, hallucinogenic, uh, hallucinogenic uh, drugs. So in Ecuador, um, uh, several, several researchers came, worked with the Shuar Indians. The most uh, important, I think, was uh, Michael Harner, that published uh, several uh, books about this theme. But it was present because they were personally involved in the idea of researching the influence of drugs over culture. But soon, it became also something that was not able to be done in the uh, United States Academia. So they stopped their work. The, the use of LSD uh -huh. was prohibited or, or frowned upon uh -huh. in the 1970s uh -huh. in the United States acad academic circles. So, but uh, until then, uh, people interested in the use of drugs and culture came to South America to research this. So they published some books that are very interesting until today. What did they find? Well, uh, they find they find that in uh, in the tropical zones, the use of these drugs were wide, very wide, and it was still present in in culture. That most they understood that many many features of of uh, Amazon culture could be uh, explained by the use of these drugs. It was something that was not uh, very well uh, accepted by many many other researchers. But now we understand that even in other cultures, not only in, in contemporary cultures, but in pre-economic cultures, 
the effect of the use of drugs over culture was very intense, as we can see in, in cultures like the, the, the Peruvian Chavin culture, or then in the Moche culture, that's later than one. In these pre-Columbian cultures, what, what they learned about the use of hallucinogenic drugs has been maintained by the cultures that now exist, now in 2005, in the Ecuadorian uh, jungle? I think there is, a, there is a relationship, but we can also understand that those cultures were, uh, they have the, 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 the structure of a state. In the state, usually uh, things are transmitted through formal, uh, formal uh, institutions, and when the state uh, disappears, as it was the case with the Moche culture, uh, those institutions also disappear. However, people keep in their culture, in their tradition, some some uh, uh, things that are still used today. We can find things that are very interesting in uh, both Moche and Chavin. The so-called the Moche and Chavin are cultures along the north coast of, of Peru, Peru yes. along the desert. <coughs> Chavin is located in the eastern slopes of the Andes. Moche in the in the northern desert coast. So the eastern slopes of the Andes are those which fall down towards the Amazon basin. Yes, yes. Okay. In that case, we can see that uh, in in a very interesting way, the first time we have monumental architecture in the in the Andes is a time where also the practitioners were deeply involved with the use of these drugs. It, it means also something that's very important. When, uh, when these people used those, uh, those products, they could materialize their ideas about uh, supernatural. So they could show the people that their supernatural really existed. And they uh, used some, some uh, images to show how they were. When a man or a woman drunk these uh, these drugs or sniffed them or smoked them uh, depending on the on the kind of drug they were using they could see the image uh, uh, becoming a leaf creature so they they could uh, understand that through the, the drugs they can arrive to the knowledge of the divinity so when they use the drugs they can see the the uh, creature as a live creature yes Yes. How was this information uh, learned by the anthropologists? Well, we can we we have we have uh, not only the the, the 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 memories of these uses today that are, are is present in, in many are, people that are passed down through yeah. the oral tradition. Yeah, but also we have the images of of uh, beings being in in a, in, a, in transformation. I think that the most uh, clear uh, example of this is located in uh, Chavin de Huantar. You, you find there, uh, in the walls of the, of the so-called castle of Castillo of Chavin, uh, heads of men in transformation. You can see a sequence from a man with uh, 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 his regular face <clears throat> and through different steps it arrives to, to switch into a supernatural being. You can see the steps from one side to the other. And then you can find also some re re depictions of uh, people related with uh, things like the staffs of San Peter, San Pedro cactus that they are using in the ceremonies. So we can understand that. So what you're describing are petroglyphs. 
Uh, yes, carvings, carvings, carvings on, carvings on, on stone. On stone. Yeah. And these are located where? In Chavín de Guantar, in Peru. Yeah. But if we go to the Amazon jungle, we see that there are petroglyphs that are widely scattered alongside the, the, the jungle, with uh, the representations very close to these we find in very ancient times. In the United States, Carlos Castaneda mm -hmm. uh, has relayed some of his experiences with his tutor, Don Juan. Mm -hmm. What is your impression of that? Well, when I was studying at the university, I read Las Enseñanzas de Don Juan, as the, as the book was called in Spanish. The Teachings of yes, Don Juan. Yeah, from Carlos Castaneda. Uh, and I think it had also a, a very in, a deep influence over the people here learning about or studying about these kind of things. Uh, we follow with some uh, uh, news about Castaneda and of course we understood that he was just inventing his relationship with his uh, uh, mentor Don Juan, but he didn't, uh, he, he didn't cease to publish other books and he never accepted that it was not true. So uh, Castaneda was a man that was very well known for us and his, his books were published in Spanish until today we can find them in any, in any bookstore. What led you to believe that his stories were untrue? Well, I, I wrote his books with a deep interest, I, 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 I can tell you. It, they were very well written, very interesting. But we knew that the university, when he uh, achieved his doctorate with uh, his books, then uh, admitted that it was a fake. Huh? I don't know exactly what was, were the reasons. And I, uh, today, even I, I, I'm not sure if he was really lying or he had a, a, another kind of, of experience with these people there. He's no longer here. No, he can ask us yes, our so questions. So we, we can ask him. <laughs> yes, yes, we can, uh, we can ask him. In 1969, before I developed Radio Curious, I was very interested in Carlos Castaneda's work, mm -hmm. and I uh, tracked him down and went to visit with him and basically interviewed him. Um, and it was very interesting because he, at that point was shortly after the teachings of Don Juan uh, was published by the University of California Press and he was just absolutely positive that everything he wrote in that book occurred. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It's very interesting. It's and what do you think about him? <laughs> I am interviewing well, now, you now. Well, <laughs> it, it, it seemed a little unbelievable. It uh -huh. seemed a little unbelievable then. Um, and the way he mixed his stories, I really couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. at, at that point in, in my life, um, I didn't have enough experience to, to really evaluate it. Uh -huh. I was impressed by the teachings of Don Juan and wanted to talk to him. Uh -huh. It's very interesting. He, he was available. <laughs> well, Juan Martinez, I want to thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. And before we close, can you tell us about an interesting book that you would recommend to our listeners? Yes, well, thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak about those things related with uh, our culture. And I think that there's a, a book that I really enjoy. Uh, this is a, a book that's published in Ecuador that has also a, a, a version in English that is called Amazon Words. This is published by uh, an indigenous foundation on ONG, Sinchi Sacha and is available in, in bookstores with art books and travel books. Amazon Words is what I recommend.
and the author is well it's a collective word work it's published by Sinchi Sacha that's the name of the publisher Juan Martinez thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious thank you very Dr. Juan Martinez is a professor of history and anthropology at the University of Cuenca in Cuenca, Ecuador. The book he recommends is Amazon Worlds, a collected work published by Sinchi Sancha, an indigenous foundation based in Ecuador. This interview was recorded in Cuenca, Ecuador on November 17, 2005. There are over 750 archives on our website, radiocurious.org, and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening. <laughs>